I'm going to be able to do that.
with some great scribes. Um, I appreciate the invite of being here uh, on tonight, to, uh, talking about youth uh, and its role that it's played, not just only in the church, but even in our community, in our homes. So I look forward to this evening, and I thank you again for inviting me. Okay, so now with that being said, in reference to the youth in the church, what are some reasons that you can um, give me to let you know why it seems like it's so difficult to have or to maintain youth in the church? Like I had said before, sometimes you go to church on Sunday, you'll see some youth, then you might go Sunday after the season. Anyway, or you might go to a church that has no youth at all. What would be some of the reasons on why the youth of today don't really participate or come to church or go to church? I, I, I know exactly uh, what, what you're asking. The dynamics are so broad. The dynamics of why youth are not in church is so broad. Uh, it, it could be for uh, so many different reasons. Uh, one, it, it probably you know, is not uh, culture relevant, you know, uh, meeting the needs uh, of the youth. But I'll back up just a little bit because in order for the youth to be in the church in the way that I was, you know, weird, uh, weird in, in, in my generation, uh, it was the parents' responsibility to make sure that the that the child, that the youth, would grow up in the church, you know. Uh, I don't want to throw the book at you tonight, you know what I mean? But uh, we will, you know, we will use it as a springboard because the Lord says, you know, you should raise up a child in a way that they should go. That when they get older, if they would depart, they'll find their way back. You know, but there are so many different dynamics on why the youth may not be interested, you know, in the church. And one, it could be antiquated, you know. Uh, meaning that the church, you know, has not changed its its face. You know, when, when you walk up into most of our uh, most of our churches from a generational perspective, you know, uh, you, you see the Catholicism look when you have the big chair in the middle. You got the two chairs on the side. You know what I mean? You have a big lectern, what we call, you know, the pulpit. But you know, uh, the face there. You know, it may not be there. That's that could be one thing. You know, mean to turn them, to turn them off. You know, because of the generation and the culture that we're in right now, it's lights, camera, and action. Right. You know what I mean? Um, exactly. the, the church is, is is more than just a spiritual institution. You know, uh, maybe 40 to 50 years ago, you know, it was used as another tool that was used for educational purposes. You know, giving us our historical black our background, because one time, you know, in the church for the youth, uh, but we were not allowed to get in public schools, you know, we were taught in right. church, right. you know, but uh, in the culture that we, that we are living in now, it is so much different, right. so much different, you know, so the church is not just uh, a sacred place. Uh, sanctuary where we come and have encounters with God, but now the church is much more. It's that of a platform, you know, uh, where it helps to discover, you know, the gifts and the talents, you know what I mean, that each individual have, especially a child, a youth, you know what I mean, so we can help cultivate them, that they will not only be productive in society, 
you know what I mean, but make uh, different contributions towards his culture. You know, so there's so many different reasons why why children, you know what I mean, or youth are not interested in church. You know, uh, like I say, and I use that word antiquated because uh, in, in in church, the way that uh, most of us was brought up, it was uh, bedtime stories. You know, the, the way that it was shared with us. You know, like the story of of, of Jonah. You know, being swallowed up by a big fish. You know, those like bedtime stories. And then to move on from the bedtime stories, you know, those things that we learned when we were, you know, we were in in Sunday school. You know, when we're talking about Jesus took two fish and five loaves of bread. You know, those those are Sunday school teachings. But you know, uh, for us in the generation and the culture that we're in, we don't need the youth don't need bedtime stories. You know what I mean? Or neither do they need the Sunday school aspect. They need the life of Christ. With the life of Christ, it just signifies that the crucifixion. And I'll say uh, with that, the crucifixion meaning learning how to live life and understand that life has the propensity to kill. It hurts to live. You, you, you know what I'm saying? So many youth are hurting. You know what I mean? They haven't discovered on how to live this life. You know what I mean? And the church, and it would be safe for me to say, the church somehow has dropped this ball because we are so much into preaching and performing instead of educating and equipping. You know? Okay. 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 I hope that was a good one. Yes, that was really good. So, why do you feel children who grow up in the church? I'll stop going and say, you know. Once again, the church, the church being never changes. I, I, I'll, I'll say this, and in, in the generation and the culture that we live in, when you go in McDonald's or when you go in Burger King, that's going to facelift. Okay. You know, McDonald's don't look the same as it used to look. You have kiosks now. You know what I mean? When you go in Burger King, yeah. yeah. So you know, but when you go in church, it's the same old thing. You know, so if, if it's the same old thing, and if, if if the preachers or the teachers are teaching the same old way, and they're not involved, listen, the children that were in uh, children's church or in Sunday school, they have they have evolved. They're no longer five. They're no longer seven. They're no longer ten. They're thirteen. So if they have evolved. The church should be able to evolve as well, as far as the way, the methods of reaching, you know, our youth. The message doesn't change, but what we do is we make the message relevant, so we can reach, we can reach those, you know, what I mean, that we are serving, or that we are educating, or that we are rearing up. So I have a question. I'm sorry. Um, my question is. How do you adapt to the COVID-19 and actually doing your service outside? Um, because I was raised in church and I was going, but I'm having a problem with going. I don't know if you do, but I don't have a problem having going to horn and place of amen. And it does something to sheet or rock. I just can't get what it's happening. I don't even understand. How can you get the workers in the home? And then I think some of the members at my church. Because my niece reported for me. She said, look up, she's a hypnotist. 
ridiculous. I mean, they hold a horn down, like they ain't never heard a horn before. How do you do yours? Do you have your own blood horn for the inmates of Amen? And how do you even, does that interrupt your work? It's bothering me, and I want to go to church. But I told my sister, hey, you know, when I heard she go every Sunday, she told my mom, she needs to go. And I feel bad that I haven't been. My daughter graduated next week from high school, and I feel ashamed to call my house and tell them that now the church, because I ain't been because I can't do the horn. And my sister, I enjoy having problems. The horn is going to come to me. It is. You know, <laughs> it is. Well, I, I'll say this to you. Um, I have a, I have found a new respect for the call home. You know what I mean? But it's the new, the new norm. Right? Yeah, you know, and, and, and understand this. It may be the new norm for the moment, but it will never be the new norm because the new norm will always change to be another norm. You 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 know what I'm saying? It, it's just like man, I, I'll say the scriptural wise, scriptural wise, he says. Blow the horn in Zion. So that horn that he was talking about, it was like a shofar. You know what I mean? So it was like the horn, the horn from a ram. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I believe somewhere, you know, uh, in our growing up, you've seen the movie The Ten Commandments, and you've seen Moses who played by Charles Kelsey. You know what I mean? One of our favorite movies, The Ten Commandments. You've seen Joshua, he stood upon the mountain and he blew the horn. You know what I mean? To give a sound to the to the to the congregation of the people of Israel to let them know that it was time for them to make a move or God was getting ready to say something. So I found like a new respect for the horn. You know what I mean? Because when you're outside, and I'll say this too, you know, uh, because I sense that you're a little old-fashioned. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can't hear and even though my family would be like, it was ridiculous with that. Too many, too many, too many horns. And then, you know, my sister, she's going back, and I'd be looking at it, and then as soon as I say he was six, I want to hurt his home going. Then one of the members, I said, well, I think I just be back once we get up in church. And then one of them was coming. That's the fun part about it, the horn. I think he was going because they get blown. It's, it's aggravating. I can't hear you, you know, um, a lot has been taken away from cultural ministry of cultural church because now the only thing that we have you know in the church or we are accustomed to is the keyboard or the organ the drums the guitar which are the string instruments but you know he says also blow the trumpet you know so they are brass instruments that we are being deprived of inside of inside of the sanctuary you know it says that everything that have wrapped Praise the Lord on the high sounding symbols, you know what I mean? Even with the horns, with the clarinet, with the flute, you know, everything that the world, you know, we send our children to school and they learn to play, you know what I mean? These things should be instituted or brought back inside of the church. You, you, you know what I mean? You know? So do you feel like, do you feel like, let's get back to the question again, because I know we got questions on the podcast. Um, do you feel like, the youth is bored, like in church. They come in church and they're bored because they don't understand the pastor. They're not following you. Like you said, it, it's up relevant. Like you feel like what you're saying, they're not understanding, so it's really not relevant to them. So that's when sometimes you look across the pew and you got kids sleep and stuff like that. It and my kids personally, like I know when we when we come to church, like 
they're alert doing the songs and they enjoy the right, music. Right. You know, it, it's like something always has to keep a child so upbeat and interested. So do you think that some sometimes the youth just don't understand and can't follow you? So it kind of like bores them out so they don't want to go to church? You're absolutely, you're absolutely correct. Uh, and this is why we have uh, engrafted in certain you know, uh, communities of faith, we've engrafted a children's church. You know, but even in grappling children's church, it's more than arts and craft. You, you know what I mean? And you know, I, I think that we should be equipping them on how to do this. And what I mean by this is uh, sitting in front of an audience. You know what I mean? And having the articulation, being able to articulate. You know, uh, getting them out of you know, getting them out of a place of being comfortable, hiding behind the shadows. And once again, I want to commend each one of you because you're doing something you've never done before. You're coming out of a place, you know what I mean, of you being uncomfortable behind the scene. You're doing something totally different. And you know what that says? That says that you are evolving. You are coming into a place of maturity. You're pushing fear to the side, and you're stepping out in faith, not just on faith, but in faith to do something different. Okay. You know. Okay. All right. So I'm gonna start getting to some of these questions and comments. We have a lot that's here. We have Shanice. First, she says, "Kids are experiencing and seeing things." that happen in the church that causes them to believe that church isn't necessary to have a relationship with God. Example being, there was a video on Facebook of a married man having oral sex with a much younger church member. We heard rumors, but never had access to the information that's available nowadays. How do you feel about that? You know, yeah. and then we have the phones. So it was like yeah. everything yeah. has to be the 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 it's sad. It's sad to say um, that that first of all, you know, the church is not just a, a, a learning institution, but it's also a, a spiritual hospital. Mm -hmm. And some leaders, you know, um, even though one person could be stereotyped to make everyone fit into that that case, right. and and that's not usually the case of all. And and I'll say this. You know, because of uh, technology and the internet, uh, a lot of things are made more aware and available. But, you know, the truth of the matter is, these things were going on in church a long time. And just when you've heard it say, just because you in church, that don't mean you saved. You know what I mean? And, 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 and so, um, you know, I, 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 I say this, you know, and that is a great question. And, and the word that comes to my mind is is um, atheistic. You know, you know, when I when I think about that, you know, because is there a God versus there is a God? You know, because th there is something that we use in 
in, in, in seminary and we use it into try to educate. And the word is, uh, it, it, it is called a, a theodicy. And what a theodicy is, is how in the world can you have a good God that allowed bad things to happen to good people? Mm-hmm. You, 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 you know what I'm saying? And whatnot. And we're, we're, saying, we're saying that bad things do happen to good people. You know what I mean? But it is once again our job to make sure that we create an environment, you know what I mean, that we are causing our youth to be aware, you know what I mean? Just because you're in what's supposed to be a sacred space doesn't make it sacred. It is up to the parent to keep up with the child. You know what I mean? That's in the that's in the sanctuary. Okay, we have Miss Mary Davenport. She said she totally agreed. It's the parent's job to introduce the child to the church and God while they are young. That was speaking on earlier when you were speaking about the parents introducing the children. And then we have Katria. She says some fear of judged. So some people fear is being judged in the church. She said nose is turned up and sad eyes. And the church is where you're supposed to go to release. And be a sanctuary, not fear of being judged. Right, yeah, because we were talking about me and some of the ladies were talking about that right before we got here. Sometimes you can go into a church and you can feel the welcome, the warmth, and all that. Sometimes you can go into church where you just feel out of place, you feel like all eyes are on you, and they're not like good eyes, but you want like, well, who are you going to get a party here, or who are you going to ruin that, and who's free, and all this other crap. So it's like it makes you feel uncomfortable so you can't really loosen up, get into the service or whatever because you feel like you're kind of like trying to participate and believe and you know, like you said, it was a spiritual hospital, so you're trying to get that healing for your spirit or whatever you have going on. You might want to go up to the front and get prayer, you might want to stand up, shout, you might want to run around church, but you don't feel comfortable enough to do so, so you don't. You got special people. You got certain people that you're right. looking to. Like, if I go up there and I stand before you, you know, I just want to pray. I just want to pray on me. It's like, right. you know, I'm just leaving all my, you know, everything that I'm bringing to the altar. I'm leaving it. Right. That's my whole purpose of coming to the altar. You know, right. like, some people don't want to get up there so afraid. They just, look, they, they just feel like they're just being judged right. from the looks of people. Well, what is she up there for? What's wrong with her? Or what's she praying for? Or she wants to make a series of this. You know, they just sometimes just feel uncomfortable. And I, 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 I understand. I understand totally. You know, um, but I, I'll use a springboard, you know what I mean, just to uh, create a moment of, of comfortability. Because uh, the scripture tells us that we should judge. Judge ye not, lest ye be judged. Uh, but it's sad to say that. Uh, we, especially us, you know, black, you know, as a race of people, we are so judgmental. You know what I mean? And, 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 it, and, it, and it's, it's ridiculous. But I, I'll say this as a worshiper, as a worshiper, um, it is it, it is my endeavor to create an atmosphere, you know what I mean, of worship that when you come in, you feel and you sense the presence of God. I'm not talking about your your intellect. I'm not talking about your mind now. I'm talking about 
you know, you talked about that warm feeling, you know what I mean? Your spirit now is making a connection that, hey, I, 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 I'm getting jumpy, I'm getting jittery because something is about to happen, you know what I mean? I might have came at the right time, you know what I mean? Because when you feel like that, you know what I mean? You're ready to release, you're ready to let go. Yeah, that, that's good. That's good. You know what I mean? That that that's the youth that we need. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, so when I come here, I I release it all. I I have not felt um, and I gotta say it right. I have never felt uncomfortable walking in the right. But what if I, I told you? I I, I felt uncomfortable. That 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 would shock you, wouldn't it? Yeah, it probably would shock me that you, that you were saying it. But I I like I received it. I received everything. It, it gives me the good feeling. <coughs> So Katrina gave an example saying a young teen who's pregnant and attend church, members are judging and not uplifting the lady who could be seeking help but is being shamed. That's an example she gave. Give me the last part again. Members are judging and not uplifting the lady who could be seeking help, but is being shamed for being pregnant and young in the church. Wow. You, you know, it's crazy because um, so many of us are guilty of that on both parts. On both parts. You know what I mean? Because most of the time, people look from, they're looking from the outside not understanding what took place on the inside. Mm -hmm. You know, what I would use for that, the remedy that I have for that, is a 16 or 15 year old girl, you know what I mean, from the hillside of Galilee, called Mary, who had a child that was not married, and Joseph was not the father. That's something to deal with. Mm -hmm. He wanted to put her away. We know the story of God, right? You know what I mean? Joseph was not his father. He didn't impregnate this woman. And she was 15 years old. That's what some theologian says. Now she's underage. She's have a child out of wedlock. But yet look at what this child does. Look at what this child does. Oh my goodness, listen. This is so crazy because on the flip side of that, on the flip side of that, the favor of God has rested on my life because I too being a man of God, not while I wasn't saved, while I was saved, had a child out of wedlock, refused to allow the church to push me into getting married. Okay, I, I, I say that to say this, not that I condone, but what I do is I receive the mercy and the grace that comes along with it. And can I tell you that what I have, the gift that I have, is brought so much joy, you know what I mean? But guess what I did? I pushed the naysayers to the side because it was not their relationship. This is not a relationship with them. You get what I'm saying? And, and, and for that 15-year-old girl or whoever that girl is, you know, she has to be like the woman, you know what I mean, um, pressed her way through the crowd with the tears rolling down. But sometimes that's what you got to do. The young people got to press their way, you know what I mean, through anguish, and tears and hurt, you got to press your way through that stuff. Some might say, you know, they ain't got no business being here. Well, if that's the case, none of us 
have a business that many business need. And Shanice, she said, how are the youth incorporated in today's church, into today's church? What activities and ministries make them feel a part? You know, um, because because of the race of people we are, we are very energetic. So, and we are very, um, uh, I say, creative. So we dance, we sing. You know what I mean? But we try not to limit it, limit them to that. Just because they can praise dance, and just because they can mind, and just because they can sing, sing. You know what we want them to be able to use is the brilliance. They are very intelligent. We have some very intelligent young people, you know, that are amongst us. Your, your, your grandchildren, you know, your daughters, your sons, you know, they are very brilliant, brilliant young men and women. You know, and they have more to offer, you know what I mean, than dance, than song. You know, like I said, once again, you know, we're trying to make sure that, you know, we reel them up so they can sit in spots, spots like this. You know what I mean? You don't have to be afraid, you don't have to be ashamed, articulate you in front of a family. You know? Alright, Kelsey says, I have young adults and I teach them spirituality, but can't get them to do church. And that's because they say that most people, Sunday church personality, don't match their everyday walk. I love that. I think that's where we make one of the biggest mistakes. We're trying to get young people to do church, and when they have a desire and the intention and the potential to be the church, we're supposed to be the church, not come and do church. That's what they, that's where the issue is, you know. Um, and, and I think it would be safe to say, and I hope that you will agree, nobody likes anyone that's phony. Right. That's so critical. You know what I mean? Right. So you need to tell me that you're gonna praise the Lord on Sunday, but you're gonna raise hell. On Monday through Saturday. So that this is, is what, yeah, this is what, yeah, exactly. That's where it stops. So this is what the children are seeing. You, you know what I mean? This is what the children are seeing and whatnot. But I, I just believe that um, an institution of of faith it should be cut uniquely for every individual. I believe that it should be cut. Like, I, I like learn from it and maybe ask for forgiveness. But what about the 
Um, how do you kind of like work that out or smooth that over? You kind of like set aside both because in order for it to grow or to expand, there has to be some type of change. You can't always stay the same, but at the same time, you don't want to change everything and lose your work. You yeah, 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 yes, I do. You know, um, significance, you know, and I look at myself between that moment now um, because you're dealing with traditional and you're dealing with unorthodox, you know, or uh, non denomination, which is, you know, California independent. Um, the word has changed. We all talk about we want change, right. but nobody's willing to put the work in or change. We want to see change, mm -hmm. but we really don't want to experience change. Because if you get rid of me and I'm old school, that means I no longer, I'm no longer needed. But the truth of the matter is, you are needed. But that's why it takes someone, you know what I mean, to understand tradition as well as on the cusp of what is to come. So you need somebody to bridge that gap. You know what I mean? Because you need the, the, the older generation to be able to release the baton, you know what I mean, and to applaud the younger generation. And you need the younger generation to show respect and pay homage to those that have paved the way. You, you know what I mean? And what, yeah, it, it, it has to be. You, you know, there's nothing more um, disrespectful to someone who's paved the way for you and you don't know how to say, I'm grateful. Right. It's like this uh, you have to balance and I was taught uh decent in order. It has to be it has to be you you know the thing about it is it is this thing. Nobody wants to be in a relationship and you don't have a voice. Right, that's true. That that that's the older generation and that's the younger generation. The jump the younger generation says, you know, I can't say nothing. I can't do nothing. You know what I mean? The older generation says that you just won't listen. You know right. what I mean? This is right. the way that it's done. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, whatnot, and you know, what I've learned, this 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 renowned pastor, um, he, he said this, if, if you're gonna change, mm -hmm. you can't make change changes in, in increments. Mm -hmm. If you're gonna change, change. If you're gonna change it, change it. You can't make small change gradually because what you're doing then is you're creating little fires along the way. Do it and let it be done. Especially if you know you're saying that God has sent you and you know what I mean, and this is the way it is, this is the order. And you're not doing it from a dogmatic perspective, you know what I mean, or a dictatorship. You're not doing it like that. You're doing it in love, you know? Okay. All right. All right, Shanice says, one thing that I'm personally not comfortable in, in agreement with is cameras in the church for social media purposes. I've seen images of people crying out to God, which is a personal experience being shared and made a mockery of on social media. The videos and memes are not often taken seriously. Question, why are cameras necessary in the church nowadays? Has it been taken into consideration that cameras could cause people not to worship and cry out to God freely? Um, I, great question, first of all. Great question. Um, 
I, I'll say this during this during this pandemic, uh, you noticed that because of COVID nineteen, everything has been shut down. Mm-hmm. Everything has been shut down. Um, especially when you're talking about entertainment, Broadway, movies, you know what I mean, cruises, you know what I mean, Disney World, all of those things have been shut down, even churches, mega churches, you know what I mean, the stage has been shut down, you know what I mean, so there's no bands, you know what I mean, uh, limited praise teams, all of these things have been shut down, and the only thing that has been left is the word, preaching teaching. And for those that are, you know what I mean, uh, energetically sharing the word and it's, they bring a lot of theatrics with it, nah. Uh, it's just sitting down, them and the book. You know, I totally, I'm in agreement with uh, people should not be caught in the moment of crying out to God. Uh, I believe the camera should stay you know, on the man or woman of God that is delivering the word, that the word of God can go to all nations. You know what I mean? But when you're catching a person in their vulnerable moment, let me tell you, one, one, one preacher said this, if you're watching me while I'm being, while I'm worshiping God, you're watching me while I'm being intimate with the one that created me. And if you're watching me while I'm being intimate with the one that created me, you are committing spiritual, he said, you are com- committing uh, spiritual pornography. Come on now. Isn't that something? You're watching a person while they are lifting their hands, while they are vulnerable, while they are naked in the presence of God, and you're watching them. You shouldn't be watching them while they are being intimate with God. You should be intimate as well. So if right. you're doing that, you know what I mean? You're committing spiritual pornography. You, you know what I mean? Like Miss Mary Davenport says, I approve of media in church, but not at the altar. That is very personal. That's between you and God. There are times when you are unable to make it in person, but you can still enjoy the worship service. Right. So 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 once again, you know, um for for myself, and you know. Uh, because it, it's so diverse when you're talking about media ministry uh, in church. We thank God for media ministry uh, because it is doing wonders. It is doing wonders uh, and, and it's reaching so many. Uh, but I, I tell you, you know, one, once again, you know, uh, it is it is the, the, the pastor and the executive team that comes up with the plan and the strategy. You know what I mean? Just that the word speak and do its job. You, you, you know what I mean? And whatnot. You don't catch that person. You know what I mean? And, and if you do catch that person, somebody is is uh, skillful enough to edit, edit it out of the, the production. Oh, okay. Okay, so we have Katria. She says, I personally worship through music and learn from the word, from that word. Wow. And that's good. And the reason why that's good is because I, I, I believe in, in in Psalm 32, um, it says that he compasses us with songs of deliverance. So when you don't even have to hear the preach word to get your deliverance, you, you can hear a song and you can get the message out of the song. You know what I mean? And once you, because it, 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 
agree with your spirit. You know what I mean? It's almost like, you know what I mean, in the, in the circle where you got me open. You know what I mean? So when, when you have me open and your spirit is open, damn, maybe you got what you need. Something can be deposited. I actually right. had that moment today at home wow. listening to someone that was graduating saying a yeah. song of being glad that he was able to graduate. And I was crying at home. Oh, wow. So that witness to you, you know, I, I would take this moment to say that witness to you, uh, you should celebrate yourself because you too have graduated. I don't know what you've been through, you know what I mean, but you too have been promoted. And you need to understand that if God allowed you to hear that, if He allowed you to experience that, it's something that's on the inside of you that's getting ready to come into something that you can bring. Right. And you have something that God has. Okay, I had to get myself together. <laughs> Thank you for that. We have Ann, Germany. She says, how do you feel about youth, entrepreneurship, and church? Oh, my gracious. Uh, that, is, that, 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 that is good because the, the, institution, the institution of church, it should be uh, teaching, teaching young men, teaching uh, young women how to work with their hands to become entrepreneurs. Can, I, I, I want to say this, and, and, and hi, Ann, how are you? I, I, I want to I say this. Um, the majority of, of our children, the majority of, of, of African Americans, the majority of the blacks, um, especially when we're talking about young uh, men um, and entrepreneurship, you know, I was listening to, to, to Dr. Umar Johnson, and he said some things about us as a human race, uh, especially the youth. He says we are surrounded by massive conservation. He says, with um, miseducation, also the lack of access to wealth. You know what I mean? And when, when I heard that, and also police genocide, it's crazy when I heard that when, when we are deprived of access to wealth, it leads us, you know what I mean, to mass incarceration. And the mass incarceration comes because of the miseducation. We are so uh, we are so misinformed on so many things, you know what I mean, that puts us to a place, you know, it puts us in a place where we feel like we are hopeless. You, you, you know what I'm saying? And whatnot. And our last result it, it, is church. You know what I mean? Well, church should be our first result, but our last result is, is, is church. And we're trying to we're trying to uh, accommodate spiritual matters. You know what I mean? Uh, when we should also be needing physical matters. Jesus says, "There's no way that you can tell somebody, you know what I mean, to be warm and to be healed, and you don't meet that need right. and go in peace. Right. You, you, you can't do that. I think that we should be empowering empowering young men." Empowering young women, helping them find their gifts, helping them find their talents. You know, it's not just about the preaching; it's about the teaching. Jesus, Jesus taught. He taught. Right. You know what I'm saying? Oh, okay. So, do you feel like? Do you feel like? Okay, like certain youth, or I mean, youth or adults, really, with this question, do you feel like they pretty much like I, I personally want to? Um, 
be up under a pastor that hasn't been through something versus one that has. You know, a lot of portrayed things like they, they haven't been through nothing. You probably haven't always said in the truth and wanted to be a pastor and be everything the right way. You know, and a lot of probably don't do everything the right way now, but they, you know, how do you? Is that something like things that you possibly can share with like a young person? They know that, hey, you too might have been through some things, it's okay because right. you've been through some things, or that pastor has been through some things, so they can relate to that pastor more. Or that's right. something that's how they can teach you. Because, you know, sometimes when you, they be like, oh, you can't teach me, or you don't understand the problem. Yeah, that would be all bad. You don't understand so what, what I'm saying. saying. Right. right. You, you know, um, first of all, pastor is when you break it down it's touring the past past tour all right you're touring the past of the pastor okay all right uh, and when you're touring the past of the pastor that means the pitfalls the mountaintop experiences the valley lows everything you're, you're experiencing the pastor you know, uh, what he went through, what he came out of, you know, so I understand what you're saying, you know, it's, it's difficult to inspire somebody, motivate somebody, educate somebody on something that they have not been right, 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 right. I, 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 I say this, you know what I mean, I come, I come out of the streets, not from the streets. I come from a family, you know what I mean, that had me in church, but I went out in the streets. Okay. You, you know what I mean? So, and going out in the streets, you know what I mean? I, I did something of most things in the street. You know what I mean? I will say something, I will say all, but most things because I haven't been all. But out of that, you know what I mean? Uh, not shame to say, you know what I mean? I, I, I spent six years in prison, you know, and, and can I tell you? Uh, I don't glorify that, but for me, it was the best experience or the best thing that happened to me because it brought change in me. You, 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 you know what I'm saying? You got something from it. You didn't let it sit in your time. You, you didn't let your time do you, so, so you said. Your time didn't do you. You know, you, you did your time, so you learned something from it. You gained a lot from it. It made you a better person. It made you a better man, like right? yeah. And that makes people miss get it confused as well, because you know pastors go through things. And my family taught me um, a pastor has been educated and went to school, and they've been gifted to give the word. They got perfect. They got God. They make mistakes just like we do. They are human, right. just like us. Right. Right. You know, we got some looking. They need special prayer too, because they. They aren't the palace, but they're up there, but they human. They, they, they are gifted to give the word. They go to school, they know what my to give the word to give a better um understanding to their church or to other churches. They not they not perfect. They're not perfect. Right. You know, people leave because somebody got remarried and all that stuff. They not they not perfect. They not, they, they not confusing for me, my family understand. They are human just like us. Cause they so y'all get watched like y'all are, and y'all right. That that is so that has to be more pressure on them. Right. Because it's like you're being watched, then you're being criticized about things that you might want to do or have done in your past. Then 
call you, one of your members might call you to talk about or go pray for somebody else. Mm-hmm. They are family members, but that's not even in your church. So then you have to go through that. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's so what we're going to do. And then you feel like. And then you might feel like you lose. Do you ever, do you, but do you ever feel like, like you've lost some of your um, church members due to your pain or what they might know about you and they might not be going? Sure. Sure. You know, being sure. very judgmental again about your pain so they don't want to listen to nothing. You know, some people want to. Yes, they're holding against you, but some people, like I said, some people want a pastor that has been through something. When, when others want their pastor hurt or you know, and it's, right. it's not what it is in our reality that's sad to say. Some people do all the want their pastor hurt. Like you said, you get the mask. Like you just told us, you know, you did your six years, you learned from you gained a lot from it, but people are so judgmental, they don't want you at their pastor that, you know, my pastor, he's been down that dark road before. Yeah, I, I, listen. Thank you, TJs. Because I've engrafted the gift of goodbye. And what I mean by that and what he shared is if you walk in my life and walk out of my life, your reason or your season is up. Right. And what I've learned. What I've learned, you know what I mean, if you can walk away from me, right. I can let you go. Exactly. Because I live by the old principle, if you love something, you let it go, and it's yours, come back. Right? So that that's that's that that's that aspect. But I say I, I, I say this that I've been there too. Meaning I've embraced or I was in, I was embraced by a body of believers who love me. Through my indiscretion, who I prayed for, you know what I mean, when I was on what you would call a pedestal. And, and we have to be very careful because I understand this about God and I've seen it. That when you put somebody up here, I'm going to tell you what God will do. God will allow that person that you put on the pedestal to come off that pedestal, fall off that pedestal, to remind you that he or she is flesh. So when you lift up somebody more than you lifted up the Creator, Oh, but God put you in check. God will remind you that that person, you know what I mean, is not greater than you, is the same as you, but they have the ability and the gift and the grace because I put it on them. Right. And that is right. Right. You're not human anymore. You're a pastor, such as yeah. such. You're, 
Let's take the title away. Right. Let's snatch the title so away. So we snatch the title away from being hurt. Like, oh my God, I can't believe he or she did that because, mm-hmm. you know, now they have not such a step. No, they, they was always expressing yeah, right. stuff from the beginning. You just had them on that pedestal. Yes. You know? Yes. Okay, so we have the questions booming over here. Pastor Wilkins. We're going to ask two more questions and then we're going to get to our next session after show and then we'll ask the rest of the questions there. So please uh, forgive me if I didn't get to your questions tonight. Um, we have Richard Griffin. He is replying to Shanice when she was speaking on the videography and pictures and things in the church. Yes. He says, I can say for myself, being a photographer and social media manager, that mockery is not being made. Capturing intimate moments and the authenticity, authenticity is important for people to see that are not a part of the worship experience where we are to sort of help them see the real. Wow. Then we have a last question from, from me is who pastors the pastor? Okay. Oh, you know, um, there are pastors, pastors. You know what I mean? Um, and it doesn't have to be a person of of a higher degree to pastor the pastors. Because understand, we don't use the word accountability. Everybody needs an accountability partner. Right. To hold them accountable. Right. You, you, you know what I'm saying? Because the truth of the matter is, you know, uh, you don't have to have a title to pastor me. You know what I mean? If, if, if you have sound wisdom and advice and you are in tune with his spirit and my spirit, guess what? I come to you for sound advice. You advise me and you don't even have a title. You know what I mean? So if, you know, you think about who's, who's leading the pastor. You, you know what I mean? It should be the spirit of God. So if the spirit of God is leading the pastor, the spirit of God can say, oh, in that. Because right. you use one, you, you, you get what I'm saying. So we can use, you know, but to, I guess, to safely answer it from a human perspective, the pastor should be uh, engaged and also connected to another spiritual leader to where he can talk to. And that's not just something that you find in the Son of God says. Okay, so forgive me for not getting to the question, but please join us on the private page for the after show. Okay, well, we'll do that. Y'all know. Thank y'all for joining the show tonight. And again, Pastor, we thank you for joining us. We can learn a lot tonight. I hope, I hope well, I've gained a lot of money. Um, again, y'all follow us on our next after, after, uh, after hour show. Roll on over right after this. Yeah. Okay. YouTube, Facebook, Adam. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, and I enjoyed myself. All right. Good night. Good night, everyone.